Hey guys, welcome back to the Rooted in Jesus podcast. And today I'm here with my friend Gary. We go to church together and he's going to share his testimony. I guess we'll just get into that. So Gary, tell me a little bit about like your testimony because I've, I don't think I've heard this before. So it'll be really cool to hear. I don't talk about it a whole lot, you know, because, you know, there's, you know, some people hear about it though in my family, they might get offended, but, you know, it's the truth. But I didn't grow up apostolic. I grew up a denominal church. Um, And these were great people. They were really loving people. They wasn't anything short than kind Christians. Mm -hmm. But I also grew up in a a really broken home. We ended up leaving church when I was real young because dad got tired of going and, and stuff like that. And that's his story. Mm-hmm. But I seen a lot of um, I seen a lot of verbal, physical abuse in my house. Um, I got called names a whole lot. I seen my dad put his hands on my mom, and put his hands on me. You know, different stuff like that. And you know, I just felt I didn't have a lot, a whole lot of attention, so it caused me to act out in school too. And mm-hmm. I was a knucklehead myself, so it's not all them; it's me too. So, yeah. But parents divorced and. It was really hard because, you know, they were fighting still and dad got married to a, another woman, which is uh, sister Michelle. Mm-hmm. And it was really weird because I wasn't used to another, another woman being in that role. You know, I was always used mm-hmm. to my mom. And at this time too, you know, dad was, got remarried, but at the same time, my mom you know, she was dropping me off places and I was spending the night there and like I would wake up. My mom wouldn't be there. You know, mm-hmm. I would be spending at some person's house by myself. You know, I would get drugged to valley parties. You know, I would see mm-hmm. fight. And, you know, you know, I got introduced to a lot of bad things when I was going to these places. But at the same time, while I wasn't with mom, when I was with mom, I was doing I was experiencing all that stuff. But when I was with my dad, me and my dad had a horrible relationship. I didn't like my dad because I seen him put his hands on my mom. and You know, we just never related. You know what I'm saying? We never, that, that thing just never connected for us. And it was hard because I didn't feel wanted. I didn't feel worthy. Um, I felt like a nobody. Um, I wondered why I was even alive during all this stuff. I was like, my mom mm-hmm. didn't make me feel wanted. My dad doesn't. I mean, I'm not close to my dad. I don't have no church. I barely have any friends at school. I was like, this is horrible. But then Michelle told dad that in order for us to stay together, we're going to go to church. And that's what we did. We ended up going to Fairview Apostolic in Virginia, where Pastor Lovelace was still the pastor there. And then they started the work in Churchill, which is the promise now. Mm -hmm. Um, And we ended up going there. And it's been about maybe about eight or eight, maybe over eight years since we've been there. But I was not involved at all. I hated church. I pretended that I was sick all the time. So I didn't have to go and stuff like that. And, you know, it was rough. Mm -hmm. I would say a really pivotal point in my story is, you know, during the phase that I didn't care all this stuff. Well, it got to the point where I was about 15 years old and I was in eighth grade that I really didn't care. You know, I Mm -hmm. did not anymore. Um, I just said, I don't care about dad. I don't care 
if mom's there, I don't care if my dad's at my games. I don't care. None of that. I said, I'm just going to do me and all that. And I, I started creating my own friend group. So eighth grade, I had about a group of like six or seven friends that, you know, I'd tied together. And these guys made me feel wanted. They made me feel like I was somebody. You know, they gave me everything that I felt like I didn't have. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And it was honestly, and, and by, the Bible says sin was only, is only satisfying for a season. It's only fun for a season. Yeah. That's what this was. It was a season. And, you know, I was in a relationship with a young lady and made bad decisions and, you know, made bad decisions in a lot of areas in my life at that time. And, but the, the, the thing is, I didn't care. You know, I was one of the football players. I was, you know, I had a friend group. I felt like I had any, everything I wanted, but that all came to an end when we started high school. And my teachers all told me, they was like, you're all not going to be friends anymore. We, we just, we know, mm-hmm. you know, high school works. Well, when high school started, so-and-so got addicted to drugs and so-and-so over here was going crazy. And, you know, our group went down to like nobody you know, mm-hmm. like I lost everything. And then me and that girl split ways. And I put a lot into that as mm-hmm. a, at a young age. I know I was real young, but still I invested and put myself into that relationship. And then that ended. So all this stuff happened at one time. I felt real broken. I felt down. I felt like I had nowhere to go. It just so happened that Strong Tower Youth Camp in Mars Hill, North Carolina was coming mm-hmm. up. And um, I had got baptized years back because, you know, I read the verses. It said be mm-hmm. baptized. And I was. And Strong Tower came up. And one of the nights, it was just, I was just at one of my lowest points I'd ever been in my life. Um, everything I had personally built for me had went downhill, you know, mm-hmm. um, and next thing you know, I ended up getting the Holy Ghost that night, and things were looking better, my vision changed, but my relationship with my parents didn't, um, mm-hmm. so I got closer to God, but at the same time, like, I didn't get closer to my family, and at the same time, I didn't know what to do, I got the Holy Ghost, but I didn't know how to grow, mm-hmm. so I got to the point where I told my mom if she didn't change what she was doing and she didn't change her ways, how she was that I was leaving and I was never coming back. Mm -hmm. And then after that, like probably a short while, maybe before or after that, you know, I got sick and tired of not feeling wanted at my dad's. I Mm -hmm. got sick and tired of having a relationship and so on. Well, I left and said I was never coming back because I got tired of it. Mm hmm go live at my mom's where there's pill addiction and you know parties and you know like I was getting exposed to all that and I was like I'll just I'd rather just live there than mm-hmm. to deal with it. well dad told me he said Gary and this is I think it was about my freshman year after I got the Holy Ghost my dad told me he said come he said I don't if you want to leave you can but you've got to come to um youth rally and it was a Friday night mm-hmm. and so I came there and I was sitting in the back and for some reason I felt led to to go pray with my dad and I fought it and I fought it and I fought it because I didn't because the flesh Gary didn't want to but I knew I mm-hmm. loved what I was told because God speaks to me in a very 
specific way. I'm not going to say it's unique or out of the ordinary, but to mm -hmm. me, it's how he speaks to me. And I went up and uh, hugged dad and started praying with him. And from that moment forward, my dad's been my best friend. So for 12 years of not even relating to each other, all of a sudden at a snap of a finger, a drop of a hat, he's my best friend. Mm -hmm. And after I told my mom, if she didn't change her ways, you know, I was done. And then me and my mom ended up renewing our relationship. She got better. I told mom, I forgive her for everything she did. You know, mm -hmm. I didn't hold up against her. I forgave her. I put it behind me because there's things I hope she would forgive that I've done. And just like that, I had a good relationship with my parents again. God knew I needed my dad and he knew I needed my mom because shortly after this, the summer after my freshman year, I went to stay with a pastor and his wife. And for three weeks, like I said earlier, I got the Holy Ghost, but I didn't know how to grow. Mm -hmm. um, I went there and they taught me how. They taught me how to pray. They taught me how to read and discern. And they showed me the steps to take to build my foundation for myself. I started just building my foundation ever since then. And when I came back, Brother Chase Vickers asked me if I wanted to be the P7 leader at Volunteer. God just worked everything out. So before mm -hmm. that, he he gave he let me and my dad have a good relationship so I could have the leadership of my dad and the love of my mom. And he just aligned it all, you know. Mm -hmm. I, I've spoke at many places. I've went a lot of places. But I've got to do a lot of things. But I've, I didn't grow up in this. I may look like this, but, you know. You don't look like what you've been through. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I've seen a lot and I've dealt with a lot after that. It's been a, an interesting ride and I, mm -hmm. and I wouldn't for the world. I appreciate where I've came from. I'm thankful for where I came from because it's helped me today and helped me think the way I do. And yeah, by your testimony, it just goes to show how it does not matter where you came from it does not matter your past it doesn't matter how broken you may think your life is God can work it out and use it for his glory and it's just amazing and that's why I love people's testimonies because we all have a different story he can use our stories for his glory and I just encourage our listeners today to share your testimony because it can help others and it doesn't matter if your testimony is a big crazy testimony or not god can still use it to encourage people and for his glory so don't be afraid and remember your testimony and remember where you came from and share that with the world because people need to hear your testimony but that's what i say to our listeners Share your testimony. Don't be afraid to share it because God can use it. So he talked a little bit about P7. So P7 is a club that they have at high schools. So tell me a little bit about how you got involved in that and became a P7 leader and kind of what God did through that during your high school years. God um, worked in a really mighty way through the P7 at Volunteer High School. I didn't start it. Somebody handed it off to me. Um, mm -hmm. Thank God for him. Um, Zach Green, you know, I thank, thank God for his burden and what he did, mm -hmm. but he started it 
about four years before I got to high school. Well, then my sophomore year, he was graduating. And that's just about the time in my story when I was saying I got back from Mm -hmm. that summer stay with a pastor and stuff. And I took it over and I started doing it um, every Wednesday. And it was it was awesome. And we had students that came in there and we had we had good times. We had high times and we had Mm -hmm. we had low times just like anything. And, and I think what P7 done most of all is it shined a light in the school, you know, mm-hmm. it's a beacon of light. Somebody told me there was a pastor that was a teacher and he told me that he feels something different at the school. Mm-hmm. And he said, it's because of P7. So amongst all the st- crazy stuff that's going on in the world, you know, I'm not going to get into that, but mm-hmm crazy stuff, you know, there's still a hope and there's still a beacon that's shining in room that was in room 303 and later in another room. So there was always a light shining and it Mm -hmm. just gave hope. and, you know, it, it brightened kids day and it showed them the love of God. And that's all it is, is to show kids the love of God. You know, Mm -hmm. I saved doctrine and, and Bible study and stuff for one-on-ones. Um, but all we did was just try to show and portray the love of God. That's mm-hmm. all we tried to do. And it really helped me a lot because it showed me how to handle the low times. Mm-hmm. It showed me how to handle the Elijah points, let's say. At one moment in Elijah's story, he performed one of the greatest acts in the, in the Bible. He took out the prophets of Baal called down fire from heaven. One of the most miraculous things to ever happen. But then the next page over, he was sitting under a tree wanting to kill himself, wishing he'd never been born, you know? Mm -hmm. So, so that was my Elijah points that I got the experience. Thank God I did because it helps me and it gives me wisdom so I can help other P7 leaders now, because now that I'm graduated and I'm done you know, I've been helping P7 nationally and encouraging them. And, and I'm not some, I don't have some big title. I don't have a title at all. I don't, it's not about that to me. I just want to, mm-hmm. I'm not on the front lines. I don't get to speak on the big stage at youth convention and stuff like that. And it doesn't matter to that to mm-hmm. me. All I want to do is just encourage somebody and some of my story and some of my wisdom so they can keep on going. That's all I want to do. So that's, that's what I do. I just help P7 Club start and keep them going. Try to encourage them and give them ideas on how to grow and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's really cool, though. And two, with that shining your light, that's really what this whole podcast is about. I want to have other people on here so that they can share their stories and just encourage other believers in Christ to grow in Him and to shine your light, and to use whatever platform God gives you for his glory and his honor. So that's really cool about P7. So last thing I guess I wanted to ask you is just like share like, like something that God has been speaking to you lately or laid on your heart to share lately. Really, there's a couple things, mm-hmm. and I can't say a whole lot because it's like, you know, it's kind of messages for when we get back mm-hmm. in youth and stuff so but I'll, I'll tell it anyway a couple things that I've been dealing with myself 
is forgiveness. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people will go do this and they have demonstration of the spirit and, and so on. And, and that's amazing, but we can't get to that point unless we forgive each other. You mm-hmm. know, and I never realized how important that was because I'd never been hurt in a certain way before. And I was holding this negative and bad attitude so, so close. And I was getting so upset every single day and it was distracting me from Mm -hmm. what I needed to do from God. And I wouldn't forgive. I wouldn't let it go. And I finally realized like I have to forgive because Jesus forgave, Mm -hmm. you know, there's one thing, there's a message I'm working on and and the title is going to be called yet Jesus knew, Mm -hmm. you know, he knew Judas was going to betray him yet. He still loved him. Mm -hmm. He him the same. He knew because God, God's all knowing Jesus is all knowing. There's nothing that runs by him that, that surprises him he knew we was going to mess up after he forgave us. He knew we was going to mess up the next day after we repented yet. He decided to forgive you in this moment, even though he knew what tomorrow was going to bring. It's like a business owner. Like, would you hire somebody if you knew they was going to quit in the the next week? Mm -hmm. No, that's kind of the same concept. Why would you forgive somebody if you knew they was going to do wrong on you again? Why would you forgive somebody like that? And I think that's part of the, the verse that says, Mm -hmm. great is the mystery you know great is the mystery of godliness it just don't make sense why he would forgive us like that but he does Mm -hmm. he makes his mercy new every morning so if we don't bestow mercy on other people if we don't forgive other people how he forgave judas or how he forgave everybody else and how he forgave me you're gonna have a a horrible horrible walk you know Mm -hmm. and it's it's something I had to, I've had to learn lately, but forgiveness, we can't hold bitterness with somebody. We've got to release it because it's not what forgiveness does for them. It's what it does for you. Yes. Drag you down every single day, you know, um, with shining your light and stuff and telling your story and stuff. There's a passage or there's a piece of furniture in the Bible that's uh, really, really stood out to me. And it was in the Old Testament specifically. And it was the table of showbread. And I was working at Food City one day. And all of a sudden, God said to me, and he speaks to me in questions because he knows how mm-hmm. my mind works. So he promotes thought. And, it's, and it was just a, it was a voice that said, what was the table made out of? And obviously he knew because when he asked where Adam and Eve was in the garden, he knew Mm -hmm. he just wanted to make sure they did. So he asked me that. So I would go pursue. And I told myself, man, I don't know, (laughs) you know? So I started researching and I found out that the table was made out of something called the acacia tree. That's what we call it today or the Shittah tree uh, as it's called in the old Testament. And they still refer to it today like that too. Mm Mm-hmm. But I started doing more research, and this this tree grows in in Egypt, and it has such a weird look to it. It's like all 
it's all bendy and windy and no tree looks the same. It's all crooked and weird. But yet God said, I want this tree. I want you to shape it. And, and he gave it specific measurements, a cubit here, a couple cubits long, so on. And he said, when you shape it, then I want you to layer it with gold. Then I want you to put a crown on it. Well, the thing is, the wood in the Old Testament is a type of humanity. In Egypt, in the Old Testament, that's a representation of the world. Every single one of us came out of the world. Every single one of us were all weird and, and crooked. And we all, none of us have the same story, but we all came from the same place. And God shaped us perfectly. But the thing is, even though we came in church and we got baptized, and he made us and he still shaped us, but the thing is, when you shape wood, there's still nooks and crannies and there's, and there's dips and there's this and another. So he said, I want you to layer it with gold. So he said, I'm going to give you the Holy Ghost. and I'm going to fill all your cracks. I'm going to fill every space. I'm going to make you what you can't be on your own. I'm going to, that's why in the Bible he said, I'm going to send you a comforter. I'm going to come to you because I'm going to help you do what you can't do. I'm going to help you go through things that you can't go through on your own. And then after that, he set a crown on it. God made you royalty. You're part of the royal family. But the thing is, what's the purpose of the table? The table is to hold the, the showbread on. And in the original Hebrew, it translates to bread of the face. That's what the original translation is. There's a couple different things, but that's the main one. Bread of the face. And it implies the face of God. So God brought you out of the world. He shaped you perfectly, and then he filled your cracks. He filled your empty spaces and made you pure, and he made you whole, made you what you can't be. But then he put his face on you. He put his presence on you because the bread on the table wasn't for the table. It was for somebody else. Mm -hmm. He put his presence on you to give to somebody else. So when I went through all the things I went through as a kid of, of feeling like I was nothing and feeling like I was feeling like I wanted to not, I don't even want to be alive anymore and going through the things I went through. I didn't go through that for no reason. God used every bit of that and shaped me just so I can offer my, his presence to somebody else to say, Hey, you can come out too. He can mm -hmm. use you. I don't care how bendy and windy and crooked and, and you got your little weird you got your own little little story to you and your own weird growth pattern. God can still shape you. God can still bring you out and make you one of the most beautiful pieces of furniture that's ever existed. So like you said, tell your story because God's put his presence on you to do that. Mm -hmm. Some people think they're just called to sing and they're just called to do this. That's amazing. But not everybody's a singer. Not everybody's a preacher. Not everybody's called to lay hands, you know, on the sick and they, and, or, or not everybody's called to, you know, be a, a, a apostle or a prophet or a teacher or something like that in that nature. Not everybody's called to do that, but what mm -hmm. everybody's called to do is go and get somebody else. Mm -hmm. And so we have to be loving. We have to be kind. We have to be patient. Because people don't understand the gifts of the Spirit. If you're an unbeliever, you don't understand the gift of the Spirit mm -hmm. because that's of the Spirit.
But what everybody understands is a smile. What everybody understands is a hug or a call and telling somebody you love them, a text to ask them to come to church with them and then sitting with them at church. Everybody understands love. Mm-hmm. So God put his presence on you so you can go love somebody else. He made you greater than what you were so you can get somebody else. Everybody's called to get somebody else. The biggest things that we need to do in the apostolic movement mm-hmm. is stop judging people yeah. because, they, because they don't look like us. You can't expect somebody to come in church and look like you do when they don't know what you know. You have to understand that somebody has to start from the beginning like you did. Paul talks about in one of the epistles that you can't feed meat to a babe or you can't feed meat to a baby. Well, you can't feed milk to somebody that's not even born yet. Mm-hmm. So you that so they have to be born first. And then when they're, they're a newcomer in church, don't push all these advanced stuff on them. They don't understand it. Teach them how to pray. Mm-hmm. Teach them the love of God. Teach them the things of, of the oneness. Teach them the plan of salvation. Teach them all that. And then let them grow and grow and grow and love them every step of the way. If the only person that could judge anybody never did, what gives us the authority to do that? So don't judge people. Love with everything you have. Forgive and go and get people. Go show them what real holiness is so people feel something different about us. Yes. Love life. Love the blessings of God that he's gave you. Win people. Don't judge. And if it wouldn't have been for people that were loving, that were kind, and that guided me every step of the way, I probably would have quit by now. But it's been because of those Christians that, I've been, that I'm at where I'm at. That's how we grow together as a family. That's what's just what's been dealing with me lately. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't want anybody to take offense to that or, you know, a lot of people don't know me. So you mm-hmm. know, a few people that watch that with this, they're not going to, you know, know who I am. But I mean everything in a good mm-hmm. way, you know. But we need to hear this. Mm-hmm. We really we got to know that we, we got to be loving. That's what we're definitely called to do. And I love all that you said. And it's just so awesome that God can use you wherever you're at. And you just got to be willing for him to use you. And yeah, we got to be loving and we can't judge others. We just got to love them where they're at because that's what God has called us to do to love people where they're at and yeah God doesn't want them to stay there but to witness to people you have to do it in a loving way make sure that they know that you love them especially when they're walking into the church for the first time be loving and don't judge and I just love all that you said I heard a story one time and with what you just said, you don't have to do their lifestyle. You don't have mm-hmm. to get in their walk. When somebody's drowning in the water, you don't get in the dangerous water with them. Mm-hmm. What you do, you throw the float out to them and you pull them in. I don't have to get in sin to bring somebody else in. 
I don't have to go to the parties they go to. I don't have to go and drink what they drink. And I don't have to do that stuff. I don't have to live that way to save somebody, to make a difference. I can stand here and be safe and draw. Mm-hmm. Love people, you know, be you and always be there for somebody, but you don't have to get in their lifestyle. So that's good what you said, really. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we hope this podcast has uplifted you and inspired you to share your testimony, to love one another, and just to be who God has called and created you to be. Because like he said earlier too, our callings are not the same, but God wants to use you in whatever area he's called you to. He can use you in that. So just go out, shine your light. I love you guys, and I hope you guys stay tuned for the next episode that's coming your way. But I'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye.